In this episode of Soul Nectar Show, we have part three from the second wave celebration we held on July 27th, 2022. We have transmissions from Gary Stewart, who is a contributor of the second wave book and talking to us about how we can heal through our ancestors. We also have Tiana Roser here, who's certified in quantum healing hypnosis technique, QHHT from Dolores Cannon, to talk to us about awakening process that we are undergoing at this time. And we also have some wisdom from Teresa de Grobois, the founder of the Evolutionary Business Council, to help us understand what supportive community means in times like these. And we wrap up with Tracy King, who is the host of the podcast, Gritty Mystic, to talk to us about the importance of getting grounded and letting the earth support us during this transition. Join us for a great show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. So let show. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that. You are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar, Nectar Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com forward slash membership and sign up. We'll see you at our next tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. And so welcome back to the Second Wave Celebration event, three years international bestseller across five continents. Carrie Hummingbird here, and I am with Gary Stewart, who is a co-author of the Second Wave Transcending the Human Drama and contributed his wisdom for decades worth of constellation healing work as a master constellation healing facilitator, where the healing is all about ancestral healing. You know, we've had so much trauma on the earth, right? And so much just horrible things that happened to our ancestors and we inherited our ancestral DNA. And so this work that Gary and the work that you contributed to our, to this book, Gary, is all about that. Yes. I mean, this is yes. a part of the second wave. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's to include everything with unconditional love. You know, a lot of people had negative experiences in their families. I'm not denying that or endorsing it, but can we let the past go so we can be fully present and create the best future possible? What I tell people about their ancestors is, say, you're a Jew living in Germany in 1934. Did they expect a dictator to come who wanted to exterminate them? So they were living their best life and moving forward and everything, and they never expected that. So everyone's in reaction to the traumatic events that occurred. And they did their best. And the irony is, like, even though I came from a dysfunctional family, it was functional enough to teach me the survival skills to make it to adulthood. So as bad as some of our experiences are, and I was this really battered child by both parents, I see that they were teaching me tenacity, uh, resolve, and strengthening my spirit in the most negative way possible 
but it didn't, you know, the old adage, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. And this is kind of what we explore when we do ancestral healing work. You know, I think that what comes up for me when I first talk to people about their ancestors, they kind of roll their eyes or they go, oh, you know, it's dang ancestors, you know, like my lineage, you know, that kind of complaints, right? And yeah. actually, the ancestors respond a lot better when you're in gratitude, don't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, you know, what I try to tell people, I've been doing it over 24 years now, is your ancestors did not ask for what life gave them. They were in reaction to unimaginable traumas. If you have Irish heritage, there was the potato famine. You have genocide in all different countries. I mean, a lot of people think, you know, Hitler was the only anti-Semitic. Russia was killing Jews for hundreds of years before Hitler so I don't say it lightly, but Hitler really was the cherry on the anti-Semitic cake that was bubbling in Eastern Europe for hundreds of years before he came along. And then we have uh, slavery coming over in the slave ships where there were packed sardines naked and chained inside a ship for a few weeks with no bathrooms. I mean, they were literally rolling in their excrement and stuff. I mean, you look at the horrific and you look at how strong. So a lot of constellation facilitators kind of focus on the trauma. But we focus, I personally focus on it to find the strength, to find the unconditional love and take the entire family system forward with you. Because when we actually heal some of these traumatic events that live on in our bodies, right? And we're playing it out unconsciously. We don't even know that we're playing on these patterns unconsciously in our own lives. We we think it's us, like, oh, this is just me. But you inherited that, but might not be you. And so there's this opportunity. And I always find the ancestors are very willing to come forward and say, I see it now that I'm beyond the veil. I really want to come in and support you because I want the whole timeline to uplift. And I want my descendant to pierce the veil of consciousness, right? To become homo luminous. This is the opportunity. The irony is they wanted the same thing too, but the traumas got in the way of them fulfilling their destiny. And unfortunately, the traumas or the fate of destiny became their fate and destiny from living in a war zone or whatever, or human trafficking, you name it. I mean, it's still going on in this classroom called Earth. You know, there's many lessons to learn. But what I like people to come away with, with constellations, separating themselves with a healthy boundary and have the client repeat. We'll do a little bow and closing exercise at the end here. But, you know, taking the strength, taking the gift they got of the gift of life and leaving whatever wasn't the gift. It could be the dysfunction, the anger, the sadness, whatever, with the ancestors, dead or living, so they can carry their own fate and destiny. We don't have to act it out and spend our life living someone else's life, but rising to the highest potential we have in our own life, which is what they wanted to before it got interfered with. You know, Gary, I know that you have a very open channel and you receive lots of information. I would love yeah. if you're willing for you sure. to tune into the second wave collective, you know, the soul, the soul group collective sure. of the second wave okay. um, that came here to be in transformation on the planet. You know, yeah. t- it's about 10% of the planet ish, you know, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So what is our collective work in terms of the ancestry? What's the message coming through you for us? Yeah, right now, just tuning into it for a split second here. It's I would just say it's one word, uplifting. Uplifting the timelines. Because, see, the the problem with, you know, many people, you know, a lot of people consider that everyone's conscious, but how conscious the levels of consciousness uh, leave a lot to be desired in most cases. Can we get to a place of non-duality? Somehow perpetrators and victims have a role 
almost like, yeah, I think Shakespeare said it best, you know, all the world's a stage and we're but players in this continuing melodrama in human history. So can we just step above the role without judgment and saying, okay, what if somebody's ancestor was a perpetrator and they're here because of that? Well, that means the gifts got, say, passed on violently or whatever, but should that person be exterminated because their ancestor was less than perfect? And the flip side is, what if someone else was a victim? Should they be punished because their ancestor didn't have the strength? And what I tell people is, book tonight is the biggest reality is we got a body out of the deal. The fact that they survived whatever they had to do to survive, we are here in spite of that. So let's celebrate that strength and their strength. Who knows what any of us would do if we're in a concentration camp and still choose to pass life on in spite of what they saw, the horrors of Auschwitz. I mean, that alone, and, you know, I joke about it a little bit, the strongest forces uh, that unite life and death is sex. When you really look down the divinity of sexuality, because no matter what happens, people don't stop making babies. Yeah, right in the middle of trauma. So what's interesting is that a lot of the information came through for me in the second wave book was that many of us selected certain ancestral lines because of the strength and resiliency embedded in the wisdom embedded in those ancestral lines. Also because of the sort of the traumatic maybe events or trauma bubbles or things like that, that when unlocked, unleash a great deal of energy into the momentum tunnel for the future earth. So it's like we all selected kind of like if you found yourself in this lifetime and like, uh, how did I end up in this family? <laughs> what is going on with this? It's because why? Because that's a huge pocket of density. Yes. That yeah. we wanted yeah. to, we wanted to get in there and yeah. leverage and unlock that energy. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing is when there's trauma in a family system, the victim perpetrator energy. So I work with Jewish people, second generation post-Holocaust, who either their ancestors escaped, grandparents or great-grandparents. And within the Jewish family, we're finding some people represent the SS. They're holding on to that unresolved negative energy of the perpetrator. And then another family member is holding on to the victim energy of those victims who didn't make it in the camp. So here we have a Jewish family post-Holocaust acting out the Holocaust within the same Jewish family system. Uh, what Bert Hellinger, my teacher, said, everything seeks inclusion. So the more we can include all the different aspects, whether we like it or not, and I'm not saying you have to be victimized by a perpetrator in your family system. You just have to accept, let them carry that energy, and we'll do a closing exercise on that, and bless them with that, even though it seems incredibly negative, let them carry it, bless them with it, and then you turn away and separate yourself from the cord or entanglement with that negative energy. Yes, because we're the ones who are awake to this and conscious to this. And so the conscious agent is the one that has the greatest power to transform the situation for everybody. And, you know, so that's like this work we're going to do. Well, so let's do it, Carrie. Let's let's bless it. Okay. So, you know, people out there, we'll just give it a 30 seconds, even though I'm not live with you, but it'll affect you the same way. So think of someone or a situation that's negative in your life, whether it's from your family, a brother, a sister, an uncle or someone who did you wrong, so to speak, and just uh, take them in your mind's eye, whoever that is. And so we're going to go through a closing exercise. It's kind of called release and bow or bow and release. So imagine that person and whatever you say to them, 
we find rather than forgiveness, acceptance is more powerful. So I accept the fact that we had this entanglement or struggle together. I take the gift of what I've learned from that and lead the struggle with you. So if you're saying it to a parent, I take the gift of life that you gave me, anything that wasn't a gift in my childhood or in my life right now, I leave with you and the ancestors who came before. Then you bow with gratitude. The gratitude is very important. Then you turn away 180 degrees with your back. That present moment then becomes the past. And you're facing your future with the cord cut, the entanglement resolved, because in a way you're resolving it through unconditional love. You're blessing them to carry the negatives that you don't want to carry anymore. And nine out of 10 times, I can't tell you how many people represent dead ancestors in the room and they're happy to carry it because it belongs to them. It doesn't belong to us. It happened in their lifetime. And uh, so much of us carry baggage these days but the baggage is for a time and place that no longer exists. So why are we keeping a negative moment alive for centuries when it should go back centuries and be done with? So I like to say we're finishing the past to have a great present and to build a dream future that we want to live in. That's beautiful. Okay, so everyone, let's do it. So just take a moment, see that person. Just only let yourself have the gift. So if you have negative family decision, I take the gift of my body and my life, anything and everything that's not the gift, mom, dad, whoever, I leave with you. And then you do a little head bow of respect because remember, they didn't ask for what the grandparents gave them. So they were in reaction to your grandparents and your reaction to your parents. So the cycle continues. But if you intentionally choose to break the cycle, I leave what doesn't serve me or what's negative in my life with you. And then you just bow in honor and respect to cut the cord. Then you turn away, free yourself in the present for your future. Excellent. It works every time. And it can be someone even as minor, like say you have a hard time, a boss at work is a real SOB, male or female. You just say, hey, I leave your craziness that you showed me at the workplace (laughs) with you. It's not mine. I don't even want to be around your energy, but I bless you in finding a resolution to it. I'm not going to be part of that. And then you bow and turn around. And a lot of times people go back to work the next day, that person's different. Yes, because it changes the whole energetic because you're no longer playing that game. It's kind of what Jennifer Off was talking about at the beginning of all of this, where she said, it's kind of like we don't have to even engage in that game anymore. Like that, that karma game is already over. It's done in the fifth dimension. It's done. So we down here now can just know that and say, yeah, okay, bye. We see you're still playing that game. Okay, namaste. We're not going to be in your theater anymore, in your movie. (laughs) Moving over here. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. I love these ways. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us, Gary. What a blessing. Just remember, when I feel the strongest healing force in, in life or on earth is unconditional love. So remember... One of the bigger lessons I've learned with all the perpetrator victim work I've done is no one asked for what life gave them. If they're a perpetrator now, that means they were a victim before, and they're trying to get their power back by what was done to them. Right. So have compassion. I'm not endorsing any perpetrator, any sexual, any of it. I'm not. I'm saying 
step away and look at it objectively and you'll see, wow, that's how they deal with their suffering by keeping the loop going. But remember, they're stuck in the trauma loop themselves. So if you can disengage yourself from that trauma loop, especially if it's a family member, you'll be much better off and let them carry it because that's their karma this lifetime. And you can separate yourself from their karma and just make your dream come true. I love that. What a great and what a powerful experience. And of course, in the second wave book, there is actually a link to this ancestral bow exercise that you guys just did with with Gary and access to so much more with Gary Stewart. Thank you so much, Gary, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. We love you. Oh, ditto, ditto, ditto. Can't wait for your next one. (laughs) Next year. (laughs) Okay. I'm working on one I want you in too. Awesome. Okay, everybody. We're on to our next guest. And Tiana is a certified in a number of transformational practices, including Reiki, hypnosis, life between lives, past life regression, quantum healing hypnosis technique, which is uh, Dolores Cannon's work. And uh, Dolores Cannon was also one of the ones who talked about the second wave and the first wave and where'd she get that information from, from hypnotizing people into their soul to speak. So welcome, because I'm so glad that you're here to give us this perspective, Tiana, of the past lives and what's going on on the planet. We're in the second wave. What are we going through, Tiana? Welcome. Thanks. Yeah, so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I I feel very fortunate that I was trained with Dolores Cannon back in 2012, realizing like, oh, yeah, that was 10 years ago and it was a pivotal year. I think it's really, I know it's it's hard times on the planet in a way, but I also feel very excited about just, you know, what's coming through, through my clients, just seeing how people are awakening very rapidly now you know we can we can look at what's happening in the world through different lens but if we look at it at how much it's awakening people right so all of the the challenges are really waking people up and um really quickly now i just feel like people like what took me a long time to get from point a to point b people are like zipping you know and even, you know, things that we normally would think of as like a tragedy, you know, a loss of somebody. A lot of times people come to me because they they experienced a loss and, and that's when they started to question and they started to look for answers. What's been really interesting lately is I've had a lot of clients who experienced a loss of a loved one, which prompted them to come and they can easily hear them speaking in their mind. People that weren't open to that idea at all which to me is like, oh yeah, that's normal. (laughs) But to them, they're like, I must be making this up. And I'm like, no, no, that's, that's not, I really feel, you know, like the veil is thinning between the worlds. So it's getting easier for us to access this, whether we're speaking to our loved ones, our guides or higher beings, or even each other telepathically. I've been having a lot of those kind of experiences where it used to be maybe in this like small circle of people that I was really close to where I'd have those. And now it's kind of broadening out where it's getting easier for us to tap into each other in that way. And so I think it's, I mean, I know you and I and others that are going to be here we're sort of fortunate because we are, this is what we do all day long. (laughs) Yeah, this is my whole, my whole job. Yes. And so we get to talk about these spiritual things all the time, you know, and I host a spiritual meetup and we actually met last night. Um, We meet once a month and so many people are just like, there's nobody else in my life to talk to about this. So they're not spending all day talking about this. So these things seem weird. But then when, you know, you're doing what we're doing and you're meeting all these people across the broad spectrum, across the population, you're realizing like, no, this is happening for a lot of people. They just didn't know. There's actually like 
three women that come to the meetup that are neighbors that didn't know that each other that like, they oh, were each having these yeah. awakenings <laughs> yeah they're like knew each other you know like through where they live being close to each other or through their kids but didn't know like oh you're a psychic too and oh you work with these things and so i think i don't know it's where you put your focus and attention and we're lucky that we have that but there's a lot of exciting things to look at as far as a lot of people waking up and a lot of spiritual abilities coming on um, online now what are you seeing in terms of sort of wrapping up so like past lifetimes, right? Because we're sort of in this time now where we have this opportunity to clear up the old stuff that happened in other lifetimes, you know, that cycle of like some karma happened, some horrible thing happened, some trauma happened, and then you didn't resolve it before you died. So now guess what? You have the next life where you get to like that whole pattern. Jennifer Huff was talking about at the beginning. I know you weren't able to be here for that part, but she was talking about how it's almost like we can move to this space of, not even having to go into this long process anymore of like, I'm going to go and look at my old wounds and heal all this kind of stuff, which I basically did when I integrated my last lifetime, which I talk about in the second wave book. It was like a 10 year process, right? Of like integrating this past life and the experiences and and having both of those things happening at the same time in one body is very disorienting and then figuring out how to, how to heal all this, right? But now it's kind of like, what if that was just, a different game we played on the planet called karma game and like monopoly. And we can just set that game aside and go, that's nice. Now we're moving into this other game. Like we get to pick other games to play. We don't necessarily have to get all embroiled in this old paradigm that we've been learning from up until now. What's your insight about that? I'm open for that. I feel like I don't like to say like, oh, this is the way it is because it's constantly evolving, right? Like what I thought was possible or even what I was trained, you know, from my teachers that I highly respected and they said, oh, this is possible. And I've always kind of let like, well, that's great. I'm also open that more than that can be possible. Then continually I have clients that come in that are teaching me like, oh, more than that is possible. So I don't like to like say it's like, yeah, we don't need any of that anymore and it's all done for sure. But I also do think that it's very possible that we could create. And I also think what I've really seen is that there's just so many paths up the mountain. So to think that everybody's going to have the same experience, like some of us, maybe we need that time and and that's part of our process and we will need a more integration process. And there's things that we really get from going through that. And then others, it is going to be just instant, you know, and, or maybe sometimes it's going to be instant and sometimes there's a journey. So I don't like to like box it in. Cause that's one of the things I've seen is that sometimes things like, for instance, I won't go into this fully, but like I'm a twin flame and there's like all these people like, this is what the twin flame journey is. No, this is what, but actually there's probably a lot. And it's not that it's all like, oh, you're wrong and I'm right. And I think that that goes back to what we're going through right now with these polarities and dualities is like accepting that it might be true. All of these possibilities, some are going to have still we have to experience some struggle in order to grow. And then others will be like, oh no, I can just only grow through joy now. And then there'll be some that like have struggle and joy. And so we don't want to invalidate anybody else's path by saying like, oh, that's the old way. Oh, you got to let that go. No, maybe that's very valid for them. And then, or also we don't want to be stuck to the old, you know, I think it's really interesting time on the planet because with the Aquarian energies coming in, you know, yeah, we can create a totally new game. Does that mean that we just throw out all the old or there's value, you know, like I found this really interesting, you know, as a Reiki master 
And then just in other things that maybe I participate in, in like, in like say plant medicine ceremonies and things where this has been coming up where people are like, oh, do we still have to do it that way? Because that was created back maybe in a time of sexism or in a time of, you know, disempowerment and this. And, and are we keeping to this kind of tradition just because that's the tradition? So where do we throw some of that stuff out and create new? Or where are we just trying to create new and we're throwing out something that's tested and true? I think these are all really interesting questions that I don't think we can like firmly stay on one side or the other. It's, we're learning how to stay open and to like, case by case, moment by moment, discern rather than to try to rigidly stick to one perspective. I think that's a really important thing that we want to keep in mind right now as it's been so polarized is just to be curious and be open and not stick to one side or the other. Oh, that totally jives with other messages that were delivered all. So I love how the messages come through different people, right? But it's like a different way of expressing it. And it is, you know, what you spoke to for me really, it hints at this, the embrace of change. We're really being invited to not cling to a belief or an idea, or it has to be this way for me to feel safe or comparison. Like these are all paradigms from the Piscean age that we can keep doing if we choose, right? We have free choice. But there's also like these new options now where we can actually be way more fluid and in the moment, as you said, and be more curious, more inquisitive, more, well, maybe let's talk about that. You know, maybe for the group that you're in with a plant medicine ceremony in this one ceremony, you might all talk about how do we want to do this? Or this is how we've done it in the past. We're opening it up. What does everybody feel in this moment, in this particular configuration, in this, in this segment, you know, in this particular container has been set to attract the second wave people, right? The people that came here to the planet to change things, (laughs) to create and instill change. So that's interesting that these are the conversations that we are being invited to have. Yeah. I wish that, you know, I was working all day, but I wish I could, I I guess you're recording it. So I'm recording it. You'll look back and hear what everybody else had to say, but yeah. Yeah. I think that it doesn't look very pretty right now and it doesn't, feel good all the time while we're going through this. But that's the thing that we have to constantly come back to is remembering that we came for this time. We came wanting to do a lot of shifting and clearing. And that's what I remind me. I know I came in to like balance a bunch of karma from a long time ago. And I remind myself, so when something comes to me and it feels like not fair, remember everything is fair and everything is energy. And I knew... I know that I have what it takes to work through that. And so accepting whatever's showing up in my life and recognizing it as part of my path and plan and that I know that I have the energy and what it takes to shift and transform that. And I think it's so empowering. You know, I I see that with my clients when they realize, oh, I chose this ancestral lineage to be born into because I knew that I had the power to heal these old patterns that have carried over and over and over again. And it's time to shift on the planet. And so I chose to, so really just staying in that mindset and being at, uh, staying at the cause, not the effect. I think that that's super important to stay focused on that I'm constantly reminding myself of is just to stay at the source level and to perceive everything and experience it from that energy. Yeah. And cause and effects actually hints at 
a paradigm that, you know, has just been our way of thinking about things that time is a linear thing, like it's an arrow that points in one direction. But as we start opening it up, we start to realize that time is fluid and it's all happening at once. So it's not actually static, carved in stone thing, that things can actually change. So as you do your quantum healing hypnosis technique, I've experienced that through a different practitioner, but I've experienced that medicine. Things change. When you go back to another life and you resolve it or understand it or you know, reconcile it, your current life changes. Yeah, that we can change backwards or forwards or left or right or upward diagonal or yeah, to see it that way. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I say cause and effect, I don't really necessarily mean in a linear way, but to work at the source level, the spiritual level versus just on the, you know, on the material level, things might not look how we want. But when we go um, higher in vibration, which is why, yeah, I really love or suggest to people to really work in whatever way in energetically, because energetically is just like the most powerful way that ripples out. Uh, So I love working on that level. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and being willing to come on and share things with us today. I'm so grateful for your presence and, uh, for your wisdom and bringing in this other piece, you know, this, uh, this quantum healing technique and, and this soul level and just these questions about what it is that we're actually here to do together and staying in the moment. Yeah. What a great conversation. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you soon, Tiana. I'm going to release you from the space. Thanks for coming in. See you soon. Bye. Bye. And I'm going to quickly change the schedule just a moment. And I'm going to invite in Teresa de Grobois before we go to Tracy King, who's going to be up next. I'm just going to have Teresa come in quickly and we're going to do a little chat. And Teresa is the founder of the Evolutionary Business Council. And she is, uh, has been a great mentor of mine for a long time and actually helped me have the courage to do things like publish a crazy book with White Eagle on it. And <laughs> thank you. I was enjoying listening. I would have been okay to wait for a few minutes. <laughs> well, you put your thumb up. So I was like, oh, we better go to Teresa. Just, I just wanted you to know I was in the room. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Thank you for bringing me on. We can come on as a group if you like. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to you in just a second, Tracy, because I know she's hanging out too. She's here with us. Beautiful. It's so fun to be here. Congratulations, Carrie. That is a beautiful achievement to have a book stay on the bestseller list that long. It's really special, isn't it? It's worth celebrating. It definitely is. You know, and we've talked about this before because one of the things that the Evolutionary Business Council really taught me was the importance of having like-minded individuals, messengers, I like to call them, for doing this work in the second wave, to have friends who are messengers who are willing to support you in order to get your message out. And then this principle of what I learned from the Andes Mountains called Aini. And Aini means right relationship. It means reciprocity. You today, tomorrow me. You know, so it's like, I'll help you today, tomorrow you help me. And that easygoing way of not like I owe you something or you owe me something, but like, hey, I'd love to help you. My heart's calling me. I'm going to help you out. And then tomorrow you'll do the same to me. It's that kind of reciprocity I feel like we're bringing into the planet as part of the second wave. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love that. I That's a new word for me, Aini. I love it. It's so true because, you know, we all start back in the sandbox with sort of a transactional energy, right? Like, I'll share my toy with you if you share your toy with me. And, you know, a lot of people bring that into business, you know, this sort of transactional energy. I'll help you, you help me. But it's just so much more powerful to get into relationships. And this is really the culture of the Evolutionary Business Council. 
where you just come in with trust and everyone just helps each other. And certainly that's the way you are with your best friends, right? Like you don't go to your best friend and say, I'll invite you to dinner this week if you invite me to dinner next week. Well, I know there's people who do that, but it's generally way more powerful if you just trust that it'll all work out in the world of reciprocity. It's just so much more magic when you dance in that world. It is. And it's, you know, and it's also liberating because that helps you to ask. When there's a culture around supporting each other, it helps you to make the ask. Because Westerners, we're not always so good at asking for help of each other or like opening up and saying, hey, can you help me with this thing? There's like this awkward self-promotion thing, you know, and like you're just trying to get your message out. I know so many people that have messages because I'm surrounded by messengers. And it's like, it's not about that. It's about the evolution of the planet. Like, where are we putting our focus? And that's why I love, I love this idea of helping each other. Yeah, I agree. It's very, very powerful. You know, I see people make um, mistakes at both extremes, right? Like they ask too soon. I affectionately call that the premature ask, right? And it's usually because some teacher or coach has convinced them that, oh, get in there and ask, you know, you got to ask. And then people are awkward. And it's almost like you're on a date. And like, to use a, an expression in the industry, people asking for sex on the first date, you know, it just feels icky. And then, you know, sometimes people have that experience where some someone's convinced them to ask for something and it's way too soon in the relationship and it's just gone sideways. And then they never want to ask again. They go to the opposite extreme, right? Instead of just waiting till the relationship is built. Just like you wouldn't ask the new neighbor to borrow the stereo the first day you met them. But when you're in deep friendship with that neighbor and you've known each other for years and you suddenly have an emergency, you wouldn't hesitate to to go next door and say, oh my God, I have an emergency. Can I borrow your car? At that point, it's actually a nice thing that you rely on each other so much and what neighbor wouldn't want to help you in in an important situation. Yeah, it's powerful. I mean, I think that we're, we're entering a time on the planet where we'll be learning more and more about how we're part of the synchrony, like we're, we're part of a great synchronous engine where each of us has our own unique job. We have our unique thumbprint. We're talking about that all day. We have our unique thumbprint and we have a role that we're here to serve and we have a voice and we have a message and we have a gift. And that all fits into this thing called a synarchy that Richard Rudd talks a lot about in his work with the gene keys. It fits into this synarchy. And then when we're in the right place in the synarchy and we're aligned to where we're supposed to be individually, it's just natural. It feels good actually to be asked and it feels good to be in the right spot and it feels good to help each other. And it's that goodness, that feeling of like, that builds more and more of that relationship energy that you're talking about. And relationships are the new curriculum on the planet. Relationships with each other, relationships with business, relationships with plants and animals. We're going to work on all the relationships. Yeah, we used to talk about physical capital and intellectual capital. And now we're in the day and age of relationship capital, right? Like who are you in deep friendship with? Not just collegial relationships, but like who do you have that would freaking It is absolutely. So what advice do you have? Because I know we've got some messengers in the audience. What um, advice do you have for messengers in getting their message out during the second wave time? Well, you know, influence, I like to say it's a lot lot like breathing, right? Because I know there's some of you out there that are thinking, oh, 
she's going to give me a new skill set. Where am I going to find the time? Just close me off. I'm not ready for anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I hear you. I feel you, right? Everyone gets there, right? Because we get nervous when we think about stepping into a really big path or really big influence. But the reality is influence is a lot like breathing, right? There was a time you had to learn how to breathe, right? You came out of that beautiful, warm environment. Some idiot whacked you on the back. You cried for a moment and then you mastered the skill of breathing. And and at that point, you never went through your day thinking, I got to breathe 24-7. Where am I going to find the time? I'm never going to make it. You know, that it, breathing just became the way you existed. And then as you got older, you started to realize, oh, there's an advanced level of breathing. My martial arts coach is telling me I have to breathe to be powerful or, or I, I'm taking yoga and I'm realizing yoga is so much better when you do breath work, right? And so so then you start to realize when we get intentional about this skill, so much more is available. And influence is a lot like that. We all eat, breathe, and sleep influence. We all have the ability to create change. It's just other people knowing you and liking you and trusting you enough to take action on what you recommend, right? But the advanced level of influence is getting really intentional about it. And at that level, you know, you can't make yourself influential. It's you can only give influence to other people and they can give it back to you, which is why I think it was beautiful watching what happened at your original book launch of your first book, how I think you put the pre-sale page up and hit number one international bestseller status within a few hours, right? I can't remember how, but we were all just like, wow, look at that. But that was the gift your EBC friends gave you back because you have been such a giver to this industry since the day you launched your podcast, right? I remember when we were first talking about your podcast, Carrie, and what you were like, do you think anyone will listen? And like, I was like, is there a way to think I'm weird? I'm totally a rainbow sheep. <laughs> I know. And now like, God, how many followers do you have? And here we are years later, and it's one of the most popular syndicated podcasts out there, right? And that's really what it takes. It takes dancing and trust and giving influence to other people. And, um, like, you know, on the one hand, Carrie Hummingbird, you're absolutely magical. On the other hand, anyone could be you. Yeah, it's, it's everybody has it. Yeah. But everybody has their own inner spark, their own inner charisma that they could step into that. Absolutely. I'm always encouraging people, especially those with the voices activated. I'm like, you're a messenger and get your voice out there. You know, you can do it. And so what, you know, people might judge it or they, you know, might think it's weird or whatever. But over time, they realize this, as you build the relationships with people, they realize, wait a second, this is starting to make sense. You know, that's what we're here to do is like influence each other, even energetically. Right. So beautiful, beautiful. So I know that the Evolutionary Business Council is like just still a, such a beautiful organization and I love participating in it. And so I thank you so much for showing your face. This is this is the woman who's really helped me a lot to get confident to get out there with my message. So I just wanted to bring you up to show everybody. Rainbow's got a question too. How do you join the Evolutionary Business Council? So, well, reach out to me because you got to get nominated. It's awesome to come in. So, make friends with Carrie Hummingbird. Yeah, make friends with me. I'll nominate you. <laughs> many, many years ago, when she was a raving newbie, she's now one of the most respected members of the Evolutionary Business Council at the level of leading our retreats. We're so honored to have you now speak and lead at our retreats. So yeah, reach out to Carrie um, Rainbow or anyone else who's like... Yeah, and I wanted to say to Rainbow too, because I don't, you weren't here when Rainbow was doing her amazing drum solo and like channeling the ancestors. I heard it on the other side. So I was watching it. it was inc- I was like, whoa, she always blows my mind. Anyway, 
Rainbow, like I actually got to use my drum. I used my shamanic drum at this last retreat that I was uh, co-facilitating with the EBC and I got to bring that medicine in and that's powerful to be in a space of influencers and be able to share that. So yeah, the world's emerging and people are open and ready and um, yeah, so, and very supportive. So thank you so much, Teresa. It's a joy to be here and <laughs> sorry for messing up your cue. Oh, no worries. I'm going to bring Tracy on next. So Tracy, get ready. Here you come. <laughs> Thanks, Teresa. I love you very much. Thanks for coming on. Bye-bye. So Tracy King is coming on now. Tracy King is an intuitive channel and transformational teacher. She has a podcast, Gritty Mystic. She holds space for illuminating conversations on personal development, inspiring divine breakthroughs. And she and her guests offer tips, tools, and techniques for becoming the most powerful and authentic you. And of course, we have traded. Tracy, I just needed some Gritty Mystic energy into this. I just needed the Gritty Mystic, the Truthful Mystic. The, you know, I just need to bring some truth into this equation. So, I mean... You've been listening for here for a while. I saw you come in a while back. So you've been here present with us for a good part of this. What do you have to share with all that you've heard? Well, first of all, hello, lovely, and congratulations. (laughs) I'm so excited for you and your work and mm, so much goodness. No, I love this so much because so many people who are waking up and they're like, oh, I think that might be my purpose. No, but so many people are in this space and they're messengers too. And maybe I don't have as valuable of a message. And this showcase of all of the different ways to engage with this same soulful concept of becoming your full self, it's like, no, this is why we're telling you all of the different people. How do you say it in your book? Um, Eight billion light paths that are happening, right? All at the same time. A different way to access this. They need a different doorway. And so what a beautiful showcase of the multitude of ways that we can come in contact with this truth. I am very honored to be here. Oh, I've just, I've enjoyed the energetics so far on this. I mean, it's just been like a wave itself, you know, it's like, it's been like this, you know, so I've been just riding this wave, like, wow, this is so powerful. So, Mm -hmm. and here you are, Tracy, with your grittiness. Here I am. I mean, it takes grit to step into your power, takes grit to be your most authentic self. I just got back from Mount Shasta and I have to say, I'm lit. That place is so magical. And um, this is my Chiron return year. And so I'm kicking off a um, a journey to the chakras of the planet. And so, of course, Shasta being the root chakra was my first stop. And um, just what an amazing experience to walk those woods, to sit in those mineral springs, to stand under those waterfalls, to huff and hike those trails and just absorb the wisdom of Mama Shasta. Mm, so good. So good. Just for all of the, the energetics of these past two years to be in that space was just absolutely cosmic. Loved it so much. Yeah, the Shasta conversation is coming up quite a bit. A good friend of mine, Corinne Grello, another messenger, has a retreat center up there now. And uh, mm-hmm. same thing. I just talked to her this morning and she's her vibe is very similar to the vibe you're putting out after having been there. It's like a very similar, chill, relaxed, like super grounded, happy vibe. So I'm, mm. I was like telling her, you know, let me get through my launch of the inner medicine training starts in a couple of weeks. Let me get through that launch. And then I'm so about Shasta. Oh, get it. Go get, yeah, it. get me some. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Oh man, just... 
we need to get regrounded, right? And one of the beautiful things of spending time there was just the confrontation around where do you place your anchors? Are your anchors in stories or your anchors in who you really are? Like anchoring into the true soul self perspective that really wants to live in this moment that's incarnated to contribute to what's happening right now. And just rethinking, what does security mean to me? What does that foundational level of my life now from this perspective really mean? What misunderstandings and misalignments are in that, you know, that cornerstone of my life? And um, just the realizations that she brings forward just really help us breathe into who we are. And one of the things that I loved about this trip was just leaving those stories with her. She's like, I'll hold these for you. So you can empty your arms and you can step more fully into what you're here to do, who you're here to be. As if you've got amnesia about everything that's happened before. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the reasons why it might be too hard, or this might not be the right moment, or there's all of these other people doing this work, this messenger work, all of the stories we tell ourselves, just like let her hold those so that you can go and be fucking fantastic. And um, yeah, it was, I can't wait to hear about your trip. (laughs) All of us. I can't wait to go. That's beautiful. What a beautiful, and the vibration. I mean, I think that's, That's the thing that's really opening up for everyone now, I think, is this less thinking and more feeling, more Mm. really perceiving the vibratory patterns of different spaces and what they have to offer us. Nature herself, the mountains are alive. They're not things. They're awake. They're conscious beings. They're here to teach us. Like I, I know, you know, I just came back from the Holy Mountain in Peru. And so that energetic of being on the Holy Mountain and and calling forth the Holy Mountain. And that's one of the things we did when we first started our pilgrimage. We just made a drum circle and we made a drum prayer and we said to the mountain, take everything that I think I am. We just, I surrender everything I think I am. So I allow you to help me reinform myself to the highest truth available to me at this time so that I can be in this ascension process and really, and what is the ascension process allowing me to do? As Jennifer Huff mentioned at the very beginning, enjoy my life and be enriched by it. I mean, yeah. that's very simple at the end of the day. Yeah. So much goodness. I love that. That's it right there. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's those stories, you know, this spider medicine is really powerful medicine for messengers, especially because we can weave a story around just about anything, just like a spider weaves its web. And we can even like get ourselves caught up in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we all have this power of doing it. And I would include spider medicine in pretty much parents too, moms, dads, grandparents, you know, people that watch a, another person grow and tell those stories over and over and over again about mm-hmm. that person, right? And so the second wave is actually, I noticing really asking us to be very, very conscious and discerning with the stories that we tell about ourselves and definitely about other people yeah. with whom we have a certain level of influence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely confronting stories. Stories can be medicine, but they can also be tripping hazards. And so um, thinking about the stories that we're telling and how true they are or how they might be holding us back from a full expression of who we are. They might be 
things that we think will keep us safe unconsciously, but um, so important to examine those and, and make room in your life for a new way of being. It's almost like there's this shadow patterns that can tend to trap us a little bit in a fixed position. And we're being invited to not be fixed, right? We're being invited to be in flow. Mm -hmm. And so if we find ourselves in these little stuck places, it's like, okay, are we going to stay in that stuck place? Are we going to choose to release the grasp of that and just kind of get into the flow and get into curiosity and, and notice what actually happens? Notice what actually is unfolding and opening up for us, which might be a very different perception as we're able to release these identifications. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the guidance isn't to not tell stories because we need to heal in order to heal. We need to like hear what's happening in the, the tape in the background. We need to be able to see it. We need to be able to, you know, bring it into conscious awareness so that we can be like, Hey, really? Is that what I think? And either accept or reframe or chuck some of those stories so that uh, we can just, you know, step into that authenticity that we're here to express and be. Because that's, you know, that's where our opportunity to expand what's possible here lives. Is everyone being more and more and more of that authentic soul self right here, right now. And I think the grittiness in this equation is less about other people and more about that inner commitment to really slow down and take a look at these things more carefully, be more mindful, be more conscious with our words to ourselves and others. And that grittiness to dig into the places that are uncomfortable, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, the tagline, uh, what are the rules here in, in terms of, of words? <laughs> tagline of my podcast is, you know, becoming effing unstoppable. And I couldn't have the tagline, this is ultimately about self-mastery. <laughs> because this is that's sexy <laughs> that self-mastery that sounds hard it's like yeah but if you knew that at the end of that was being effing unstoppable I mean why wouldn't you just dive headfirst into it and so yeah it absolutely takes grit it absolutely takes guts to just take the radical responsibility for what we're creating here in this moment what we're co-creating in this moment and really take radical responsibility for our own series of awakenings and initiations in this life, transforming ourselves from an earthling with amnesia to a bright, shining, high vibin healer. Because just by being here and expressing your soul self, that in, its, in and of itself brings healing to so many other people. Yeah, and that's one of the major messages in the second wave book. And this was 2019, right? Was, okay, you want to make a big difference on the planet. And this message came through Jennifer Huff when she did her chapter, the physics of this, like what is the physics of it? Is that, you know, the light body is like photosynthesis and it's light. So plants share their light. We share our light. When we're around each other, we're sharing our light. We're sharing our frequency. When we speak to each other, the frequency mm -hmm. comes from our hearts. So, so everything we've done to open our own hearts, mm -hmm. open our own bodies comes through the voice. So we're sharing our frequency all the time. And yeah. when we do that and the light and the voice and the sound and the light actually are what are doing the transformation with other people, 
this is why the shamans just sort of sit there with you. They don't really have to say anything because they know they don't. They just sing a little song, <laughs> blow some apacho, like put a feather. <laughs> they don't want the story. They're just like, whatever. They just know it's not about that. It's about the energetic that they've been able to claim for themselves through their own self-mastery can yeah. be shared with others through that same self-mastery and that same, the light and the sound energetics being shared. Yeah, in quantum mechanics, we call it coherence. When different vibes come together, they we come become coherent with the highest vibration um, that we're you know bonded to, and so that you know being in the presence of a shaman who has done that self mastery work just naturally levels up anyone who comes in contact with that person. And I am working with the um, the framework of spiritual alchemy right now, and it's the the ancient wisdom and ancient secret of the mystery schools and the mystery religions. It's the inner religion. And it's kind of fun to, to go back into it and realize, you know, that the whole eradication of the religions of old, the belief systems of old as Christianity was um, became more of a political power in the Roman Empire, that alchemy was the mystery school that was secular. And laid low under the radar for so long that enough of this science of soul has been preserved that we can kind of see into what those inner mystery schools were actually all about because they were hush hush about that <laughs> there was no talking about dangerous it. And, but we're um, moving out just, of that time we're moving into freedom with us Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, a beautiful ancient wisdom that is so relevant for this time right now because so many people are waking up and the people that I work with, they're deconstructing from religion, reconstructing a life that they love, a, sp a personal, meaningful spiritual path. But like, where am I? There's so much. And alchemy is a you are here map. You can find yourself in your soul's journey in this life in the map that alchemy provides. And so that's my like on fire passion right now is helping people find where they are in their journey so that they can really um, gain some traction in the direction of their soul self-development. Yeah, you said a really provocative thing right now, which is the map. So yeah, the map that you're following is actually really important to understand the map just as much as the connecting the dots on the patterns, right? So we've gotten really yes. good at the pattern connecting and noticing yeah. patterns. And so that's one avenue into your liberation is that noticing of the patterns, right? Like this thing keeps happening. Why mm -hmm. does it keep happening? And then, so we've been in that conversation and what you're pointing to is the next level. You know, it's the map. It's what map are you using to understand yourself through? Because that also influences things. And so when you change the map, you change the entire orchestration. Right. You can spin wheels or you can get somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, and where am I going to get to? Well, I don't know, inside myself better with some more uh, intoxication, you know? <laughs> an experience I'd like, you know, and, and actually meeting the experience. So it's like back to that conversation of, I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. You know, we, we started off with that with Jennifer Huff. It's like, that kind of all goes out the window now. It's kind of more just like, I am a soul and I am co-creating my experience. And mm -hmm. there's little bits of dust, you know, sort of still flickering around as Susan Kennard channel from the high council. There's still little bits of dust and on my field are sort of like little bits of here and there and they're going to show up and they show up in my space. And so rather than argue with them and say, why are you here? I didn't invite you. It's like, 
Oh, well, I kind of did because now that part is showing me another part of, that, of myself that can be reclaimed back to myself, which is, we've been talking about this since Buddha. Have mm-hmm. your tea and bring your, invite your suffering to tea. You know, <laughs> like Exactly, exactly. Integrate that. Integrate it's it. new and it's, it's ancient. You. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> so sure. there's so much here that you said that's just really, really beautiful. And I, I so appreciate you bringing this forward. Is there any other last message that you want to share with us? Oh man, where to begin? Honestly, you know, I would love to connect with people who are listening. You can find me at the Great Mystic Podcast and tune in. I would love that. And yeah, let's let's keep talking, Carrie, because so much goodness is happening and the collabs right here are magical. And I'm I'm just I'm thrilled to celebrate with you today. It's been amazing how the energy all day, like all afternoon today has been incredible. You've been here for quite a while through this. So yeah, it's been outstanding. For all of you who have been with us through this whole thing, you're champs because <laughs> you're hanging out with me because I'm sitting in the seat until it's done. But yeah, it's been fantastic. And, you know, it's magical, these collaborations, Tracy, because at some level, our, I posit our soul level, we already kind of all decided we were going to come and do this together. So magically, we were all available, you know? <laughs> because literally I didn't get the insight to put this whole thing together until Friday. Friday, I get this download and it says, oh, you're going to host a party on Wednesday for the three-year anniversary of the book. And I was like, I am? <laughs> Who am I inviting to speak? <laughs> and then it just started with my co-host because my logical brain went, oh, co-host. Yeah, my the co-authors, I'll invite them. And so I invited them. They said, sure. So we worked out a plan. And then it turned out they couldn't all meet at the same time. So it was going to be like this 444 across every time zone thing. And then I was like, well, what's going to happen in between all that? And then that next piece came in and I started reaching out to all of my friends that have been presenting here and some others that weren't able to do it. But like how it came together, why did it come together so easy? Because it's already, we already just, we already came together and decided it was going to be so, but you know, at the higher level. So guy yeah. team put a calendar hold on. So it was available. <laughs> all of a sudden I had nothing on my calendar all afternoon. Imagine that. So beautiful, beautiful. I just love you so much. And I look forward to, um, let's talk again, because we're just getting started. You know it. This is the beginning of something beautiful. It's a beautiful friendship. (laughs) For sure. Casablanca. Love you too. And we'll talk to you again soon. Go check out Tracy's podcast, Gritty Mystic. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Bye for now, hon. Bye, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed the transmissions in part three of the second wave celebration event. And I welcome you to check out part four coming up next. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar from the source of